0: Hey, if you guys have your Bibles, I was was remarked by uh, someone today that they came to church with this thing. Do you know what this is? This is my Bible. Yeah. No, I just, my heart is for next year is that we would fall in love with the old school, the old traditional black and white hey like there's just something really cool i'm not so i if you've got the iphone 17 and you are rucking up with the super max screen like like angela hit that's that's awesome but um but i'm just being really loving just coming to church with the bible so if you guys have your bibles we're in isaiah chapter 2 i was talking to Sarah about this we're trying to find it in the software it's gonna i'm gonna be nice to you i'm gonna put it here um, but if it's Isaiah chapter 2, and we're going to look at verse 1 to 5. And I'm rucking up. We're an ESV church, so we're going to English Standard Version. And um, I'm going to just read it, shall we? Okay, cool. The word that I'm going to get out of your way so you can see it. The word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. So mental note, Judah, okay? It shall come to pass. And and these prophets, they have a a job to declare things. Like if I came into your house and I I started prophesying in your house and said, I declare that some one of your daughters will do the dishwasher, right? And the mom and dad would be like, yes, it will come to pass. So there's there's a declaration here that's happening. He says here, it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be lifted up above the hills and all the nations shall flow to it. And many peoples shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, that, that... that we may walk in his paths. Oh, wouldn't that be such an invitation in that declaration? For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between nations and, and shall decide disputes from many peoples. And they shall, what? Beat their swords into plowshares like agricultural implements to plow a row to put sunflower seeds in or barley. And their spears into pruning hooks to prune branches so that they can have an abundance of whatever they were growing, maybe most likely probably olives maybe. Nations shall not lift up this is the most important part. Nation shall not lift up a sword against nation. Neither shall they learn war anymore. O house of Jacob, come let us walk in the light of the Lord. I want to just grab your attention to the screen. Uh, one, of my, one of my favorite um, philosophers, writers a poet, Irish guy named John Donahue, O'Donohue, And I just want you to see this, and I don't know if you can see, oh, maybe you can't read it, so I'll read it. Just close your eyes, let me just speak this over you for a second. As the fever of day calms towards twilight. Do you guys know what twilight is? Twilight is when the sun is setting, and it's just starting to get, kind of dark it's like kind of dark twilight may the fever of day calms towards twilight may all that is strained in us come to ease we pray for all who suffered violence today may an unexpected serenity surprise them For those who risk their lives each day for peace, may their hearts glimpse providence at the heart of history. That those who make riches from violence and war might hear in their dreams the cries of the lost. That we might see through our fear of each other a new vision To heal our fatal attraction to aggression. That those who enjoy the privilege of peace might not forget their tormented brothers and sisters. That the wolf may lie down with the lamb. That our swords be beaten into plowshares. And no hurt or harm be done anywhere along the holy mountain. Oh, just, just letting that sit in your soul for a second. You're almost finding yourself in that poem, aren't you? You know, there's a part of maybe a bit of injustice, like, yeah, I want the, the guys that have made uh, money off aggression and violence, I want them to hear the cries of those that have been lost. And then John O'Donoghue kind of remembers Isaiah chapter 2, that this sword could be kind of manifested, kind of recreated, kind of like forged into something that is not an implement of violence, but it's an implement for community, for health and wholeness. Isaiah prophesied as this major prophet from 739 to 681 BC to a nation which if you remembered, Judah, that had turned a deaf ear to the Lord. Really wasn't wanting to, to, to surrender to what the Lord had wanted for them and wanted to do their own thing. So instead of serving him, being Yahweh, with humility and offering the love to their neighbors, the nation of Judah offered meaningless senseless, without any intention, sacrifices in God's temple at Jerusalem and committed massive injustices throughout the nation. The people of Judah turned their backs on God, that 180 turn, and alienated themselves from him, which created this push and pull this vacuum this vortex of 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 desire and and crushedness this isaiah's pronouncement better declaration it's one of judgment it's not oh it makes me feel so good no it, it's an ouch you know you've heard me say sometimes at the end of my sermon i'll say well you know someone will come to me and say oh great pastor you know Love your sermon. I say, "Well, what? Ring, sing, or sing. sting?" Don't just give me fluff and go great 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 sermon, cuz I'll challenge you. Cuz sometimes it's going to ring true to me like amen. We're, you know we can do that. We're evangelical. Preach. Amen. Preach, brother. Or it's like it's like you sing, like you're like a preaching to the choir, brother. That's what's something that I already do. You know right sir, like like I'm singing that same song. But sometimes when you get a message that, for instance, like here, Isaiah is declaring over an entire nation who she stings. You mean to tell me I've walked away from God. I've disobeyed Yahweh. God's chosen people declaring, like, return to me. So that was their present. That was what was happening. That was the State of the Union in their present. And we could trace back to their present. Judah had it rough, horrible. Mentioned that the Jews continued to struggle and and constantly at times of war. Hence, they would learn war no more. There are countries like Cambodia, Vietnam, there's countries in the Middle East where generationally all they've known is war. And another generation is being born into it. And when they're old enough, they'll be shown how to use an AK-47 versus a plowshare. Isn't that a horrible st- statistic? Here's how you use a landmine, but, or here's how you can grow sunflowers. And we come to that time, folks, where, where the Old Testament did, and then there's like this space between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Guess how many years that was? 400, that's right. And for 400 years, before the birth of Jesus Christ, or the, what we call the Advent, the celebration of those four weeks, this was a time many changes, culturally, traditional, living conditions in the Jewish nations were happening. Countries were coming and forming in that 400 years. And the changing of controlling multiple power struggles. Each ruling country had their own treatment to this chosen, genera- this chosen nation, the Jews. The Jewish nation was hampered in their customs and worship by a lack of of, of temple and with Jewish groups being scattered into various lands and countries, but some would say, when the advent of Jesus, it was for such a time as this, because of the Roman Empire, there was something that the Romans did quite well was they put in roads, roads, super highways that you were able to travel from Of Jerusalem all the way to Antioch, like there was ways, safe passages. Some would say scholars said that 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 had to one of the things that had to happen when Jesus was to come. Now, this gospel of the kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven has a super highway for people to hear. But during the oppression and the stress, Each separate group continued to worship the best they could, and also keeping records of events and literature and social life. But for such a time as this, situationally, globally, and locally, the Jews was at this critical entry point for Jesus. Man, were they needing some peace. I love that song that you sang tonight. Man, that was the cry of their heart. That, this, that this peace, there would be peace with their people, peace wherever their people were. As like God was hearing the voice of sorrow and, and despair in Egypt, you remember? In a burning bush. There, the, this is not a new thing where, where people were crying out to God. And God heard their prayers. And this this criminal, well, murderer named Moses, we 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 accolate him, going, he's a he's a pillar of faith. And he was. I won't won't kid you on that, but he was a murderer. He was a criminal. And he exited himself into the wilderness, thinking that his life was over. No, like I'm done. I'm I'm right off. But God. God had something different. God spoke to him in the burning bush and said, Moses, take off your shoes because you're on the holy ground. I've got a mission for you. I remember one time I came to the church when I first started. I met an older man. He was moving. He was a minister. You might remember his name, his name is Duncan Graham. And Duncan, he said to me, he was like, I'm not retired. I'm retreading. I said, what? I said, I, I don't believe in retirement. I'm just retreading for the next mission that God has for me. I love that. Where Moses thought he was retired, he was not going to be used by God anymore. But God at the burning bush said, here's your new set of radials. Let's go to Egypt. You're going to face Pharaoh. Ah, oh, I don't know how to speak, he says. Strife, death, war, pain, greed, wrath, sin. We saw this continue even after Jesus was born. And the ministry that he had on earth to the climb to the cross, and to the resurrection. There have been conflicts, ladies and gentlemen. There's conflicts. There's been great wars, world wars, wars on terror, cyber wars, school shootings, mosque shootings, wars in Ukraine, Burma, India, Uganda, Venezuela, Iraq, Syria, Lebanon, and I go on and on. Our present... As it was their present. And for such a time is this. Do you know that Jesus is for such a time as this in 2022? The same peace like O'Donohue reminds us that those who enjoy the privilege of peace might not forget. That God wants to establish better, sorry, he wants to declare peace here. John, like, like here? Well, let, let's just say this. Let's just draw a circle and say, and step in it and go, Lord, declare peace here. Because that's how powerful and omnipresent and omniscient or all-knowing he is. He could declare peace in the Middle East and in and, and the North Island, South Island. But what if, what if he's going to say to you this, this evening, I know you're a troubled soul. I know that you're tormented with greed, wrath, sin, despair. Why don't you draw a circle and maybe do this at home on, your, on, your, uh, on the sidewalk or on your driveway. Draw a big circle in chalk and just stand it and say, Lord, peace be in this circle first. And he will declare peace. Do you believe this? Just say, I believe. I believe that there will be peace in my circle." I believe that there is a, a, a gift, a declaration of his peace over you and your life. But there's a promise. So if you're following along in your sermon notes, what's the first P? Present. There's a present. There's a, there's, there's a present there and a present right now. The second P is promise. Promise. In Isaiah 2, we, we see the promise that God will issue a new shalom. That's a Hebrew word. What does shalom mean? If you say Shabbat shalom, what does it mean if a, a Jew guy or, or like a rabbi, rabbi, a Jewish person says to you, Shabbat, Shabbat shalom. Peace be with you. It's a, it's, but it's not like, oh, well, I'll just take the Hebrew piece, but not the English piece. Look at, look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about what? Anything. That is a hard milkshake to drink, doesn't it? Like, I'm going to be anxious about some things relationships with my missus, kids, financial woes. Do I have good, do I have to buy new tires for the back of my car? Like, it's just like I'm anxious about those things. It says, do not be anxious about anything. I, but here's all the buts in the Bible. I love the butts. I'm a big fan of the butts of the Bible. But in everything by prayer and supplication, the supplication is like, like giving, giving to or yielding. It's like if I, if I gave all the stuff out of my pockets to, to someone, I'm just supplicating. I'm just giving over with thanksgiving. So you have to have a thankful heart. You can't go, like, grumble, grumble, grumble. Let your request be known to God. And then let the peace of God, the Shabbat Shalom, the peace that surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's a a hard milkshake to drink sometimes, isn't it? You kind of want to say, yeah, believe in what I see you, Jesus. But it's interesting, when we're in a place of thankfulness, I remember Chuck Swindoll said, you know, that life is like 98% of the things that happen, in, or sorry, 98% of, the, the, of, the, of your attitude towards the 2% of what actually happens. You have to have the attitude of thanksgiving, an attitude of Gratitude. And then when you have that attitude and you present your request, you just yield everything to the Lord and go, I don't understand this. I don't get it. I, 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 and like, I love what uh, Josh said earlier on this evening. He's like, we don't know how this service is going to go. We just supplicate. We just leave it to you and your capable hands. And then there was a flood of peace that went over Josh. Look how, look how peaceful he is. <laughs> it's a pe- like over Angela, Just there's a, there's a peace over Richard. He's like, this is good. I've done my part. I sang an old Christmas carol wonderfully. But there's a peace. It's just... I've got to let that go. We can try to manufacture peace. And and honestly, we do. When I was a soldier in Canada, one of the things I really wanted to become was the United Nations Peacekeeping Soldier Force. We, We call it the Blue Berets. And we would give up our green beret to take on this blue United Nations peacekeeping force. And so I wanted to go to a place like Cyprus where I was just there making sure I was kind of establishing or keeping peace. Like, don't shoot, don't shoot. Now go to bed. You start, stop throwing things over the wall. Like, or in Somalia, just trying to keep peace. We could try our best. And sometimes our best is, well, in Canada's case, A Nobel Peace Prize worthy. But at the end of the day, total peace, a peace that doesn't even make sense to us, can only come from Jesus, which is the season that we're in the Advent season. Isaiah 2 establishes a total disarmament of our weapons. But in Judah's case, they were were saying, gather all your swords. Now, that would have been a massive pile, wouldn't it? It's not like a couple of broad swords or long swords or like katanas or great swords or whatever, if you're into Game of Thrones. Just imagine a lot of swords, right? And they say, okay, now take them in huge wagons to the forge. And the blacksmiths would what? Melt them down. It wouldn't be as simple as just heat them up and make them into a plowshare, which I don't know what a, I should have had like a picture of a plowshare. But I don't think it's just like, you know, bend, bend, tick, tick, and there's a plowshare. I think they actually melted them completely down, right? And made these agricultural, you, you kind of pull up behind a, a yak or a whatever it is, and they dig a, dig a trench for seeds. Sorry, I, I was a missionary in Nepal, so we had yaks. <laughs> and same thing with this pruning fork, Pruning forks. They weren't just kind of like put in a pile and just bent. What does this mean to me? That you, this peace is in a state of permanence. Permanence. God's peace is like this. It's not kind of fluid or better. You're, God's peace is not based on if you're a good person oh, I'm a good person, I'm trying to do all the right things, then God's peace will just magically go, oh, no. God's peace has a permanence because of grace. You don't deserve it, but it's a free gift. And that's just the whole gospel message, isn't it? Our part, you know what the fantastic part of this is? How much does it cost? Nothing. Nothing. I love the gospel, don't you? It's a free gift from God. And last, what was the last P, do you think? Person. We mentioned it before. But the only person, the only author of this piece can be Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the incarnation, the Emmanuel, God with us, the reason for Advent. It starts first and ends first. Always with Jesus. Christ is your peace. Look at Isaiah 9, verse 6. I'll put it up here on the screen. It's a very Advent-worthy scripture. For unto us a child is born, Jesus. To us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulders, and his name shall be what? Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father. What? Prince of Peace. This is Jesus' name tag. This is his CV. So even before he is born in Bethlehem, the wise men are coming with this as the CV, going, we're looking for this everlasting father, uh, mighty God, prince of peace. And they find him being born in a manger where there's plowshares and pruning forks. Isn't that just a fulfillment of prophecy? Have you ever thought about that? Our challenge, I'm going to invite the band to come. And I think we want to sing a song that's about this again. But the, the challenge for me, a better, the challenge for us, is that we are in a bit of a crazy time in the world to celebrate Christmas. Have you thought about that? Like, this, this is yet to be our full, first full kind of year without COVID-ish and here we are celebrating Christmas. My wife and I are going to go to the warehouse after and buy the rest of our presents. We only have like five or six that we need to purchase for West in School. And for those kids that will show up on Tuesday, not really knowing what's going on, they're going to come into that little room and you imagine there's just these rows of presents. Boy, girl, ages two to five, you know, And they're just going to run in. And and they know they've had some kind of conversation with mom and dad. And maybe there's a a bit of a piece that they are at at a place where they might not get a lot of stuff this year. Because things are tight. Beyond tight. These kids are going to come in. And their eyes are going to go, whoa. And they'll be given a gift. Thank you guys for doing that. That's, we didn't buy them. You bought them. And the, I pray for those kids that there will be a new shalom roll over them. That's one thing that they don't have to worry about this Christmas. So we could think about post-COVID, the war in Ukraine, of living increases, housing shortages, food security, gangs, like, you know, knocking over convenience stores. All those things are going things to combat, go against any kind of peace of mind and in my heart. And I think the list will keep going on and on. But I'll say this, but God loves this world. John 3, 16 and 17 says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. But I love 17. And 17 is like the heart of Christmas. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. That's what it's all about. So as we come into this time of singing, person, person, Promise, present. Because I had gone present, promise, person, remember? But actually, if we go backwards, we can start with Jesus. His promise to me and to our community will affect my presence. And to spend the word, that's your Christmas gift I leave you, is the promise of peace through Jesus. Let's stand. Father, we thank you for this evening. And I pray a special blessing of peace over all of us. Just wherever we come, and maybe there's a a, a spiritual kind of uh, exercise we need to do. Is just imagine you're standing in that circle. You've drawn a circle right where you're standing. It's okay. You can you can just do this real quick. Just stand in it, and I'm just going to pray that God's peace would rest over you, over your mind over your heart maybe over your body maybe someone here is sitting with some kind of illness or, or cancer or, or broken bones or, or, or something that actually isn't explained we just don't know what it is maybe it's mental health maybe it's a family situation and you, you're a part of it and you're just saying Jesus I just need peace with me first so I can bring that peace your peace into that situation do you believe? Let's sing a song of belief.